Hello and welcome to Silver Age Silver Screen, the podcast where we watch, discuss, and review sci-fi, cult, superhero, and other stereotypically geeky films. I'm your co-host, Casey Jarns. And I'm your other co-host, Riley Thorpe. And Riley, what can we even say about this film? Actually, I do know what we're going to say about this film. Because every time we do a movie that's an in-name only adaptation, you give the same speech where you mention that this is like the biggest example of an adaptation not giving a shit about the source material. And I assume we're going to have that conversation again today. Okay, so that's that section of my of my review that I'm crossing off right now. <laughs> you know me very well. In the early 90s... John Leguizamo was an up-and-coming actor and comedian, and he was approached by a studio to do a sitcom based on his life. And he turned it down because he was attached to this new movie called Super Mario Bros. that was going to jumpstart his career to stardom. Oh boy. Needless to say, that did not happen in the slightest. This is a $48 million disaster of a video game adaptation, and it's just... uh, added to the long list of terrible, inaccurate video game movies. Actually, before we get too far into it, you mentioned John Leguizamo thought this would jumpstart his career. Yeah. Do you know who their original pick to play Luigi? We're doing Super Mario Bros., by the way. The 1993 movie starring Bob Hoskins and John Leguizamo and Dennis Hopper. Do you know who their original pick to play Luigi was? Uh, not Luigi, but I know some of the other alternate castings. Who is it? Their original pick for Luigi was Tom Hanks. Because this was before he was a serious drama actor. So, one of the best actors in Hollywood. This could have killed his career. (laughs) Yeah. Well, I mean, granted, at the time, he wasn't exactly the big name actor that he is today. He was mostly just, like, in a lot of shitty comedy movies. Yeah, I know, like... Hey, should we cast Tom Hanks in this new movie, Philadelphia? Yeah. Well, no, he was in the Super Mario Bros. movie. And then we don't get Forrest Gump, Castaway, Sully, all those good Tom Hanks movies. But yeah, they went with John Leguizamo for Luigi. For the role of Mario, they decided to go with Bob Hoskins, who was previously in films like Who Framed Roger Rabbit, The Long Good Friday, Hook, and Mona Lisa, which I believe he was either nominated or won an Academy Award for Mona Lisa. I don't know. Mm -hmm. Before they hired him, they almost went with Dustin Hoffman and Danny DeVito. Yeah, yeah. Those two twin brothers, Danny DeVito and Tom Hanks. Well, hey, it's not like the fucking brothers make sense in this movie either. They're 20 years apart at the youngest, and they're completely different ethnicities. John Leguizamo is Hispanic, and Bob Hoskins is Romani, I believe. It's all Italian, whatever, whatever. Yeah, yeah, they're Italians, whatever. For the role of Bowser, they almost went with Michael Keaton or Arnold Schwarzenegger. Oh my god! I want to see those versions of the movie. It wouldn't have been good, because it's the same script, but that would have been ridiculous. President Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting against Danny DeVito. <laughs> Wait, no. If it was Michael Keaton, then... Let's see, what what year was Batman Returns? Was it 92? Yeah. Yeah, it, it was, was the year before. It would be a rematch. 
Had they gone with Arnold Schwarzenegger, I think this movie would have been much, much better, just on principle, throwing that out there, because that dude's awesome. But it's just so weird, the idea that they go, Michael Keaton, Dennis Hopper, and Arnold Schwarzenegger are all very different actors, and they all play villains very, very differently. But this is the cast we got. We got Bob Hoskins as Mario, John Leguizamo as Luigi Mario. Oh, boy. We got Dennis Hopper as King Koopa and Samantha Mathis as Princess Daisy in arguably one of the worst, most inaccurate adaptations of anything to a film ever. Although, actually, we're doing a lot of preamble on this one. Can I be in this film's defense? Go right ahead. It's not like the Super Mario Brothers series has super strict stories. In fact, in 1993, they didn't even really have the characterizations down. For instance, Luigi's Calardus, that was established in Luigi's Mansion, which would have been early 2000s. The inferiority came from Super Mario RPG, which would have been 96. But the Super Mario Bros. series, they don't have super strict stories. Stories and the aesthetic at that point, like it's been ironed out now, changed a lot between games. But on the other hand, what they did have definitely wasn't this cyberpunk Max Hedron weird city ruled by Donald Trump. At this point, only the first three Super Mario Brothers games were out. Four. Oh god, I, I'm sorry, I'm going to nerd on you because I like Mario games. When production began, the fourth was on the way. Yeah, Super Mario World. So, point is, when they sold the rights, and by the way, Nintendo only sold the rights, the film rights to the Super Mario Bros, to a pair of Oscar-winning producers for $2 million. They, what, did, what did they win an Oscar for? Hold on, I'm looking it up. Chariots of Fire, Gandhi Dances with Wolves, Chicken Run, and they made this? Yeah, they were like Oscar-winning producers, and they got it for a steal. The other one made The Killing Fields? Mm-hmm. And at one point, this movie was being written by the guy who wrote the Tom Cruise, Dustin Hoffman movie, Rain Man, and also won an Oscar. But they fired that guy because they thought his script was too serious. Oh god, like, yeah, I read about that. Didn't he just, like, give them the script, like, Rain Man just, like, scribbled out Mario and Luigi? Yeah, pretty much. I'd watch that. Probably would have been better. The point of what I'm trying to say is, yeah, absolutely, you're right. There was almost no story, especially at that time. And honestly, ever since then, what I would argue is why the Super Mario franchise has done better over the Sonic the Hedgehog franchise, at least in the games, is because Nintendo has chosen to focus on fun, innovative, and entertaining gameplay, and pretty much straight away from a whole lot of story. The only Super Mario Brothers game to have, like, a big story is Super Mario Sunshine. And I don't know how your feelings, but it's considered one of the worst Super Mario games to ever come out. It, it, it's it's become a cult classic, but yeah, it had some weird stuff. Peach is Bowser Jr.'s mother, what the fuck? Mario goes on vacation, and now he's in trial because the what the fuck? I believe Shigeru Miyamoto, who created the series, now works as, like, the main producer, has just referred to the Mario characters as being, like, a troop of actors who you put in whatever, sort of like Looney Tunes characters or the Muppets. Another thing that I have with it is, of all the video games that you could adapt to a film, all the games that have story and 
character and can be adapted to films very well. And I get it was the early 90s and video game movies are not technologically and from a story perspective possible at that time. But even to this day, of all the video games, I'm not a big gamer, but I don't know. How about Metroid movie? How about a Metal Gear Solid movie? How about a fucking Legend of Zelda TV show? Like a more lighthearted Game of Thrones, you know? Or, you know, more accurately, Castlevania. But it's like, of all the games you could adapt, why a video game with no story whatsoever? Because the original Super Mario Bros. was at the time one of the best-selling video games ever. True. I do agree. And, and uh, well, I, I have to agree because it's a fact. But at the same time... There were so many decisions made creatively for this movie that just make no sense whatsoever. Like, all right, here's my pitch for what this movie should have been. Two New York plumbers find a portal to a different world, the Mushroom Kingdom, where the princess is kidnapped by a dragon and they have to go save her, right? That's pretty accurate to what the game would be, right? Simple. No, in this movie, two New York plumbers, one starts going out with a chick. She gets kidnapped by these people who are from an alternate dimension who have evolved from dinosaurs after the asteroid that came 65 million years ago that wiped out the dinosaurs. No, it split the world into different dimensions. And now the dictator of the lizard world wants a shard of the meteorite to reunite the two worlds back together so he can control our world or some shit. It, and, and they're not even in the Mushroom Kingdom. They're in some weird dystopian world called Dino Hatton. And it's all covered in fungus and everyone there is like a spiky swirly hair and it's nothing like the games you know and admittedly here's this movie's approach to adaptation there's a mario enemy that is called a thwomp so early in this movie mario and luigi they passed by a bar that has a sign out front that says thwomps Mm -hmm. see it's an adaptation I don't know. Do you just want to get into it? Yeah, yeah. This film, it opens up with Mario Mario, and we'll get to the names. Yeah. Narrating about how 65 million years ago, the dinosaurs were killed by an asteroid. And that asteroid, which... Oh, by the way, I I can't get in the weeds of describing this movie's science because it's infuriatingly dumb like that asteroid that was a big one right it's like the size of a car in this and they call it a meteorite whatever a meteorite hit the world and it's been to two alternate universes and in one of them dinosaurs evolved into people by coincidence i'm not going to talk about how this film strangles the theory of evolution to death because it will give me a migraine but yeah Mario narrates about that stuff we talked about, alternate dinosaur world. Anyway, we cut to 20 years ago, so the 70s, I guess, because 1993, this woman comes out of the sewers, like, carrying a bundle with something inside, and she, like, leaves it at a Catholic church, and then she gets murdered by Dennis Hopper's character, King Coop, or actually, no, not King Koopa, President Koopa, because he's 
a president, even though he's a dictator who doesn't have elections, but also they have, like, vote Koopa stuff. I'm not gonna question this movie's world building. It doesn't make sense. So yeah, King Koopa, he, like, kills this woman, and then we cut to the orphanage, where they unwrap the, like, bundle, and it's an egg, and it hatches into a baby. With a necklace with a diamond on it. Yeah, yeah. And that's the opening of the movie. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Okay. Wait, actually, nope, nope, not going in the weeds of science. We already did this a few weeks ago when Howard the Duck, when I talked about why do do they have human features if they come from eggs? I'm not going in the weeds, but yeah, Princess Daisy is like a dinosaur person in this. And the movie doesn't really ever acknowledge that, but she hatched from an egg, which is weird. And despite the fact that they are evolved from lizards, they all have hair and skin... And, yeah, it's all just normal, I guess. That's, that's just yeah, how it happened. Yeah, but they are cold-blooded. And Bowser has a really long tongue. Cut to the Manhattan apartment of brothers Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. I, not to, I'm going to be annoying in this episode, I'm sorry. Not to correct you all the time, but it's Brooklyn, Riley. Get okay. the borough right. Those are definitely Brooklyn boys. Yeah, you're right, you're right. Cut to their apartment where they have toilet plungers hung up on the wall because they're plumbers. They own their own plumbing company, but they haven't found a good job in a long time. The rent is like three months past due, which I feel like at that point they'd kind of be grounds for eviction. I don't know. They find a new job, but then they get beat there by a rival company, and we will get to them. They, they come back. Like, this isn't the last time you see that rival company. Yeah, the Scapellis. That's such a weird scene, by the way. They get called for a plumbing emergency, and they show up, and there's another crew of plumbers there. So did, like, the person who's having the emergency just call, like, a bunch of different companies and hire the one who drove there the quickest? It's gaps in logic like this that I'm like, I'm not sure this is a very good movie. Thankfully, it doesn't happen very often. No, never. Cut to an archaeological site in New York where a young woman named Daisy, who was the orphan child that hatched from an egg at the beginning of the movie, which is interesting because it establishes that the person in charge of an archaeological site is only 20 years old. They're excavating bones, and she's being harassed by these gangsters or saying that they're taking too long and they're going to force them out pretty soon. She walks into town to make a phone call, And that's when she runs into Mario and Luigi. And Luigi, being head over heels smitten with her, wants to talk to her, but Mario has to talk to her for him, essentially, and it's this kind of weird, charming thing. When I say charming, it's not very well done at all. But here's what I mean by that. I do think of the performances of the four main actors, Bob Hoskins, John Leguizamo, Dennis Hopper, and Samantha Mathis, they all give very different performances, in my opinion. Like, the way I see it, there's good quality performance, and then there's, like, entertaining, fun performance, you know? I'll give this film credit. Bob Hoskins was a good choice for Mario. Yeah, yeah. He didn't even know this was an adaptation of a video game before his son told him about it, like, a couple weeks into filming. He's like, you know, it's a video game, right? What? Damn it. Also, 
I'm going to get into the weeds one more thing. It's actually really interesting, Bob Hoskins' performance in this, if you compare it to modern portrayals of Mario by Charles Martinet, who's the main Mario actor. In the early 90s, actually, Charles Martinet had appeared in a few commercials before this came out, but Mario's characterization and, like, voice especially changed drastically. Like, a lot of the early performances, like, by Lou Albano, are just, like, this rough guy from Brooklyn who has a deep, scratchy voice, and that's what Bob Hoskins Hoskins does. Yeah, yeah. But when Charles Martinet took over the role, he portrays Mario as having high-pitched Italian accent. Woohoo, talks like this. And that's really interesting. And I, I don't really have any thoughts on that. But on the other hand, we have John Leguizamo, who is, I looked it up, 22 years younger than Bob Hoskins. And they do have a story-based reason. They did say they were orphaned and Mario raised Luigi. But still, it's kind of weird. They're brothers, but like, one's a basically a kid and the other one's a middle-aged bald dude like i said luigi's characterization didn't exist in 1993 oh yeah no. uh, they portray him as being like kind of young naive really gung-ho and into the supernatural and saving daisy and stuff and i think john leguizamo does okay at that with an asterisk can I be honest what i think one of the weaker things of this movie is What's that? I don't like the romance at all. Yeah, no. Like, no, not at all. Just, oh god, the first scene of Luigi and Daisy interacting, just him being like, uh, 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 I'm, too, uh, I'm too awkward to talk to you. Ugh. It's cliche. It tries to be charming and cute, no, but it it's just, not it's just cute. not good. It's just dumb and it's overdone. So, kind of more to the point, I do think that Bob Hoskins does give a good performance. Like, he's able to bring the proper emotion, but also elevate it to a point where it's like, he knows what movie this is. It's just a fun family kids movie. Bob Hoskins gives a good performance, but at the same time, a very entertaining performance. John Leguizamo, he gives a decent performance, but he's also very dull, very boring. And I think that affects the quality of it. I mean, he's fine at the way Luigi is characterized here, but he's just very, very mediocre, unremarkable in this movie. Now, when we get to Dennis Hopper, on the other hand, Dennis Hopper is giving a very over-the-top, silly performance, but objectively, it's not very good. He's a great actor, but his performance in this movie was not good. It was, it was bad, but, like, entertaining at the same time. Samantha Mathis, on the other hand, I think she's bad in the movie and very dull and boring yeah, because her like, whole role is to be the love interest. Yeah, there was a lot of this in like the 80s and 90s and still kind of the day where they do a damsel in distress, but they also don't want to do a damsel in distress. So they make her like, oh, I'm the smart, spunky one, but I'm still damsel in distress in the plot and i don't think it works i think it's a dumb dumb trope if you don't want to have a damsel in distress give her an actual character instead of just being damsel in distress who's like smart and went to college yeah. although getting back to dennis hopper yeah you're right it's not the most nuanced high society performance he's ever done but i mean i don't dislike dennis hopper in this yeah no neither because do i it's a dumb 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 adventure movie and he fully embraces that and gives this ridiculously cartoonish performance as this megalomaniac arrogant evil businessman and he's the most entertaining character in the movie i would say i'm yes. not gonna pretend 
President Koopa is this brilliantly written character, but Dennis Hopper is at least entertaining, which is more than I can say about a lot of characters in this movie. Right, so my point is, I think there's good and then there's entertaining. Bob Hoskins gives a good and entertaining. Dennis Hopper gives a bad but entertaining performance. John Leguizamo gives a decent performance, but very boring. Samantha Mathis gives a boring and bad performance. It's just funny how upon watching it, that's the way it all went for me. That's personally what I noticed. They're all given completely different performances. So getting back into the plot, as Daisy is leaving her archaeological dig, some guys are like stalking her and she runs into the Mario Bros who help her out and give her a ride in their van. Side note. Don't get into that van. These guys are really creepy and they're strangers. Don't get into their van, Daisy. But yeah, she meets the Mario Brothers and they give her a ride. So she starts dating Luigi. Actually, it's a really lame date. Like, imagine if this weird, awkward guy asked you out and honestly couldn't even say the words. So his 20 years older brother had to ask you out for him. And then you go on the date and it's a double date with this man who's old enough to be your new boyfriend's father. Yeah, not smart decisions. Daisy, you have very low standards. And like... At one point, she says, oh, do you want to break up with me? Because I'm, like, weird because I like archaeology and the paranormal and you should break up with me. You need better standards, girl. Point is, the Scapellis, the guys who are trying to do construction on her dig site, they break in and they smash some pipes and they flood it. So Daisy calls the Mario Brothers because they're plumbers and they fix it. But then, those guys who are stalking Daisy, their names are Spike and Iggy, and we'll get into them. They show up and they kidnap her and pull her through a portal to Dinosaur Land. Mm -hmm. Can I say something about that scene where the excavation site gets almost flooded? Uh Uh-huh. So, Daisy's showing Luigi very intact skeletons from humanoid dinosaurs. Uh-huh. Presumably, that's like the bones of her mother that Bowser murdered like 20 years earlier, right? Oh, is that what... That's what I got from well, that scene. there aren't in the real world humanoid dinosaurs, not even in the film. They say that the human dinosaurs evolved afterwards. So right. either her mother's skeleton aged millions of years in 20, yeah. or this film's world building about the dinosaurs evolving into humans after the world split isn't thought out very well. Who'd have thunk that? And I don't know which one is dumber. Also, the skeleton looks nothing like her mother. The skeleton has an elongated mouth and snout, but her mom just looked like a regular per- I don't know. Turns out Daisy actually has a skeleton like that. It's weird. Yeah, I know. It's just, it, it's weird. See, it's it's the angle you look at. I don't know. But Daisy is showing Luigi the bones that, for some reason, they do not recognize as being only 20 years old. And the Scapellis run out into the room where they are and then leave. And then all these pipes just start bursting. And instead of, you know, Luigi fixing it then and there, they run because they don't have a car. They run all the way into the city to their apartment and then grab Mario, wait for him to get dressed, drive back to the site through New York traffic at night just to fix this plumbing. I guarantee you, in the time it took them to run there and back, that place would have flooded by the time they got there. Just saying. Logistical issues in a movie 
where dinosaurs evolved into humans. Logistical errors. But yes, um, they find a portal to dino Hatton, which is a dystopian city led by a fascist lizard king. There's sparks flying everywhere. There's fungi draped over everything. And there are nightmare fuel Goombas. Do you understand how terrifying the Goombas are in this movie? Like, Goombas. You know, Goombas, little, little, little short mushroom guys. They're bad guys. They're cute little guys. They got spiky teeth, big round heads, you know. No, in this movie, they're like seven feet tall. They got big mouths with sharp needle teeth, buggy eyes, and like scaly green skin. They just hiss and growl all the time. It's nightmare fuel. I'm going to disagree. I don't think the Goombas are that scary because there's these giant seven foot tall buff dinosaur dudes, but they have the idiotiest, bittiest little heads like a baby's head on a bodybuilder. They get to Dino Hatton. Oh, and they were able to grab the necklace off of Daisy before she was sucked into the portal. And then they have the necklace stolen by a guy who then has it immediately stolen by a woman named Big Bertha who has rocket shoes and she's a bouncer at a nightclub nearby. By the way, Riley, like we said, they just take names from Mario's stuff and put them on whatever the fuck they want. Yeah. Big Bertha was a weird choice to be one of the main enemies they translate in air quotes into this movie. Because that's not the most notable Mario enemy. Do you remember what Big Bertha is? Uh, hold up. I'm looking it up right now. I'll just tell you. It's like the big fish that tries to eat you in Super Mario World. Okay. Odd choice. That's more inaccurate than fucking Toad in this movie. Oh, God, let's talk about Toad. Yeah. They find just this weird guitarist dude named Toad as soon as they get, like, robbed by Big Bertha. And he's like, hey, the fascist dictator who arrest people for criticizing him sucks and I'm singing a song about it in public. Also, all these mushrooms everywhere, they're the dead king? We'll get into that later. Hey, I'm singing about how I'm gonna get arrested. Oh man, I'm being arrested. Oh no, and you two are getting arrested too. Woohoo! Now we're going to jail. Toad, he, he's, he's a little guy with a mushroom hat. Talks like this! Talks like that. Yeah, you know, he's got a little, you know, a mushroom hat, not referring to the dick, part of the penis, you know, not doing that. Maybe on the dick. You don't know. Yeah, maybe. I don't know. But it's like, we all know what Toad looks like. But in this movie, he's like some punk rocker dude with a somehow spiral yet still spiky haircut. As you said, he, Mario and Luigi get arrested they go to the police station where they have a sequence explaining how Mario's name is Mario Mario and Luigi Mario. Just why? 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 Why are these decisions being made? That's my question. Is it's like, why can't you just have them be Mario? You understand they could have just been like names, Mario and Luigi. Okay, move on. No. Yeah, and I guess the way that they're thinking is, oh, their last names must both be Mario because it's the Super Mario Bros, which admittedly, Super Mario Bros, it's kind of a dumb name, but it's derived from the fact that Mario's the main one and Luigi's the sidekick. It's kind of mean in universe that they call them the Super Mario Bros. Reminds me of how Bowser in the RPGs calls them Mario and Green Mario. But anyway, who the fuck names their kid Mario Mario? And if you're going to have Mario be their last name, why don't you give Mario a first name? 
And when Mario says, I'm Mario, this is Luigi. What are your last names? I'm Mario, Mario. Are you Luigi, Luigi? They know how stupid it is. And thankfully, it's not really canon for the games, question mark. It's never mentioned in the games. There was one interview a few years back where they asked Miyamoto, like, hey, is their last name Mario? And he's like, yeah, I guess, I don't know. It's not even really that important, which brings me to my point. Why did that need to happen? And I'm asking myself that all throughout the movie. Also, they never call Koopa Bowser. I believe it's sort of like a Dr. Eggman or Dr. Robotnik situation where he has a few different names and they normally go with the official thing is both are true. Like his full name is supposed to be Bowser Koopa, but he normally goes by Bowser. But the point is, they never say Bowser. I don't know. It just bugs me. Did you know that Bowser in the original game was not a turtle? He was an ox. He's like a kaiju, dude. He has the ox horns, he has the turtle shell, he has hair for some reason. Also, he was gray in the box art, but he was green in the game, and then they made him, like, green and yellow as time went on. Whatever. Mario and Luigi, they're arrested. Meanwhile, with Daisy, she gets brought back by Iggy and Spike. We haven't talked about them yet. Let's talk about them. They're like bumbling idiot goons that every movie of this era had. They're mildly amusing, but not super amusing. Also, not to harp on the in-name-only adaptation thing, but Iggy and Spike are weird names, because Iggy is a reoccurring high-ranking boss, and Spike is just a generic enemy. Whatever. They're Bowser's idiot cousins who kidnap girls, and they keep getting the wrong ones, because they can't tell humans apart, even though they look identical to humans. They bring Daisy to President Koopa. Let's talk about his characterization. We've said that it's cheesy and cartoonish, but he's like this weird, incredibly evil businessman, president, germaphobe with like weird blonde hair. I have a feeling that he's supposed to be a parody of Donald Trump, which, <laughs> oh boy, this movie predicted American politics, unfortunately. Yep. But yeah, what can we even say about President Koopa? He's a germaphobe, we know that. The first scene we see him in, he's like dunking his hand in wax or some shit, like disinfectant wax or whatever. Though, I will say this, of all the scientific bullshit that this movie gets wrong, makes up, it's laughably horrible, whatever, I will kind of give them credit for one thing. A lot of experts believe that the way the dinosaurs were killed off, yes, it was the meteor, but the meteorite didn't kill all the dinosaurs outright. Yeah, just caused ecological collapse, which caused extinction. Exactly, and that ecological collapse was caused by just a giant cloud over all of Pangaea. Because of that, there was no sunlight able to get through, and thus, almost all the plant life died. But because there was no sunlight, fungus were able to grow very, very well. So because of that, there was massive amounts of mushrooms and fungi all throughout the world. And because of that, a lot of the living creatures at the time were getting fungal infections. Now, the way to deal with that is by the body temperature being raised to fight, off, fight it off. But the problem is that the dinosaurs were cold-blooded, and they relied on the heat from the sun to warm their bodies up. But they weren't getting that heat anymore, so they were basically freezing to death, starving, and getting sick. But mammals are warm-blooded, and because of that, mammals were able to regulate their body temperatures, and that's why mammals lived while all the dinosaurs died off. So, 
I will give them credit for that. Fungi are growing in a dark place, and they're causing a lot of sickness and harm to the lizard population. I will give them credit for that. That said, the fungi are the de-evolved form of the previous king. Wait, hold on. Are you saying that the dinosaurs evolved from mushrooms? I, I guess that does kind of make sense. Like, because in the Mario universe, there are toads. They're like kind of mushrooms in a way. And then Goombas who are mushrooms. And it's the Mushroom Kingdom. So it's the city with the fungi everywhere. Actually, not even the fungi, plural. The fungus. It's all one organism that Bowser just lets grow all over the entire city for some reason. Right. I don't know. I kind of give them credit for that. That's the one semi-accurate thing they got. It's like the fungi are actually dangerous to the population of lizard people down there. But still, what the fuck? Riley, I'm going to object to that because there's no way that they came up with that plot from doing scientific research Not on the fall of the dinosaurs. They're just like... Ah, there were turtles and mushrooms in that one game, so we got dinosaurs and fungi. Oh yeah, I guarantee you it was by accident. But that's something they kind of got right. So back in the plot, Mario and Luigi and Toad are in jail, and they get interrogated by King Koopa because he wants to know where the rock is. Because his evil plan, can we talk about his evil plan? He wants to bring the shard from the meteorite to the full meteorite, which will... Merge the universes? Question mark? Okay. Okay. That, 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 makes, that makes sense. Okie doke. You know, they made this movie for kids and for families. However, when they began production, the reason why they sold the rights to the producers that they did, everyone, including Nintendo, was on the same page that they were going to make a gritty and dark prequel to the games. But why, though? Exactly. But that said, there's so much stupid, childish bullshit in this movie that's like, the conflicting tones don't match whatsoever. Yeah. King Koopa's goons, they take Mario and Luigi and Toad to their lab, where they show off their cool de-evolution machine, which turns Toad into a Goompa, but also his scales, like, have his hair cut, which is weird. Mm -hmm. And honestly, I think the Toad Goomba kind of looks cute. Yeah, because he's got a little nice smile. Yeah, he has a nice smile. I like Toad Goomba. He's nice. But Mario and Luigi, they managed to easily beat up the guards and escape. They actually shoved King Cooper into the de-evolution machine, which doesn't really do anything to him. Nope. He's only in it for, like, a little bit. I know. Like, his eyes change, and he, like, gets a blah, blah, blah. But it doesn't really do anything, which is weird. By the way, Mario and Luigi escape, and they get into a car chase that goes on for way too long and they like go out to the desert so king koopa sends his minions spike and eggy after putting them in the de-evolution machine but in reverse so it makes them smarter and they go from being idiot goons to being idiot goons who think they're smart i don't know why king koopa doesn't put himself in the de-evolution machine in reverse or i guess the evolution machine then to make him smarter whatever he sends them after Mario and Luigi. Yay. And and, and and here's my question. If using the de-evolution machine on people turns them into Goombas, does that mean that all people were Goombas at one point? Yeah, don't you know? It's a very simple linear progression of evolution. Goo, then fungus, then T-Rex, then Goomba, 
than human. I stand corrected. My problem is that it's slightly more complex than Howard the Duck's evolution. That's my problem. Oh, God. This movie has a very Howard the Duck feel, and I don't mean that in a good way. Nah. Actually, the guy who played Spike also played a minor character in Howard the Duck. I did not even notice that, but it does not shock me. Yeah, he played Richie. I don't remember who Richie was. I'm just flipping through Wikipedia pages. But anyway, while she's incarcerated, Daisy meets the other kidnapped victims, one of which is Mario's girlfriend, Daniela. At one point, she says her full name, and it's Daniela Pauline Verducci, so I guess she's the game character from Donkey Kong, whatever. Daisy also meets Bowser's wife, played by the lady who plays Petunia Dursley in the Harry Potter movies, Fiona Shaw. Yeah, Bowser has a wife who they, like, tried to fan service, and I don't know. That's pretty much the way to sum up her character. It's like, what? Yeah, okay. Yeah, at one point in the climax, she, like, betrays Bowser and tries to take over the world for herself for reasons I don't fully understand. Because they got into a fight. Yeah, and she, like, gets electrocuted and goes crazy, but she seems to be physically fine. Whatever. Oh! Oh! Speaking of things that were cartoony and cute in the games that aren't anymore, Yoshi! Yoshi exists in this universe. He's a velociraptor who's Bowser's pet. Yep. Hey, this was 1993. That's really good special effects for the time. This movie has good special effects, but ooh boy, that thing is not cute. No, not at all. I mean, and honestly, it's like, I get wanting to make a Super Mario Brothers movie, but why would you make it live action? It's the same problem I had with Howard the Duck. This would have done so well if it were an animated movie. Like, you could have drawn the characters accurately, made them cartoony, put them in a cartoon world. But no, we got them in this realistic world, and instead of, I don't know, I guess they could have gone with a more cartoon puppet design for Yoshi, but no, they go with this realistic, arguably terrifying design for Yoshi. Yeah, like, later in the movie, there's a scene where Yoshi, well, he tries to Yoshi someone. Like, his tongue, like, stretches out, and it wraps around Lena's leg, and he, like, tries to eat her, and, oh god, this is freaking nightmarish. Yoshi is terrifying in live action. Kill it with fire. Lena tries. She stabs Yoshi in the neck with a knife. Who wanted this? Exactly. Speaking of how this should have been an animated movie, it's going to come out next year. They're making an animated Super Mario Bros. movie. Yep, Illumination's making it. Yeah, the Minions people. I mean, they made Despicable Me, which I unironically think is really good. Yeah, yeah. And honestly, I like the uh, second one as well. Everything else they've produced is not so great. The Lorax was okay. But everything else, yeah, no. Yeah... Whatever. It'll probably be better than this. It won't be good, I don't think. Or, who knows, it might actually be the best thing Illumination's ever made. Sing. They made Sing. That was really good. It was? Oh, yeah, it's, like, surprisingly very, very good. Huh, it did not look good. I'll have to watch it. No, it really didn't. But, yeah, you should watch Sing. That's a very good movie. It surprised the hell out of me. Iggy and Spike, they find the Mario Brothers, and they make a deal like, okay, we'll give you the meteorite chart if you bring us to Daisy. They go into the city to get it back from Big Bertha. So Mario, like, hits on her and dances because she has, like, the necklace around her neck. He, like, bites in it and, like, it's portrayed as sexy. I don't... Mario, what? I... Okay, I... I don't... Okay. Mario tries to get the necklace from Big Bertha. 
Bowser's goons, who, by the way, I think they're supposed to be Sniffets, like the shy guys with the black masks. Yeah. I can't tell if it looks evil or like BDSM gear if you put those masks on real people. But whatever. That's the point, Casey. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Mario and Luigi, they get the necklace. Big Bertha gives them some shoes that let them jump real high so they can be their game characters. Except they're like hover boots and they move so slow so it doesn't really work. Did we forget to mention that Bowser's goons, who are his cousins, Spike and Iggy, they started working with Mario and Luigi just because? Yeah, yeah. And later on, like out of nowhere, as they're breaking into the tower to save Daisy... Iggy and Spike just reveal, hey, by the way, we're good now. We've always been good. We all along have been secretly working for the king, which is why we kidnapped his daughter. Yeah. (laughs) Okay. That twist came out of nowhere and amounts to nothing. Whatever. We're rushing through this because it's just, there's a lot of scenes in this movie. There isn't a lot of plot. No. No, 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 no. Mario and Luigi, they go into the tower and they like get by some Goombas by making them dance. Mm-hmm. And they like climb up the fungus because trust the fungus. And oh, they get their costumes. Yeah. Can I talk about their costumes? Of course. For most of the movie, they're just in plain clothes. And it's actually kind of annoying because Mario wears green and Luigi wears mm-hmm. red. But in the climax, they, for no reason, change into new clothes plumber's outfits which are inverted like it's green overalls and blue shirt for luigi they look like jump shoots and they have these weird patches on the chest i don't think the costumes look good also it's revealed that scapelli is working with bowser so in addition to being a rival plumbing company they're trying to actively bring about the apocalypse in the chaos of the scene at the nightclub uh lena she's able to steal the rock back Right, I forgot about that. And as Mario and Luigi are being chased, the authorities are shooting them with guns. But they're not regular guns. They shoot very slow fireballs. It's a fun reference to the games. And there's references like that all throughout it. Like you mentioned in one earlier where there's a nightclub called Thwomp. The fungus keeps trying to give Luigi a bob uh, later on, there's a reference to Bullet Bill. There's a fun sense of novelty with seeing how they bring these iconic parts of the Mario franchise to this movie. That said, it is very laughably, terribly represented in very roundabout ways. That's like, why did you have to go so far to do that? Just do it. I will say the best like little like, oh, that's a actually clever nod. You mentioned the guns that shoot slow-moving fireballs. Those guns, those are just recolored super scopes, like the light gun for the Super Nintendo. They're an actual Nintendo product, just painted black to be intimidating. And I like that. It's dumb, but it works. But yeah, the Mario Brothers, they like rescue all the girls and stuff. And also Daisy had a scene with her father or whatever. When none of the scenes in a film are really anything, don't have any emotional weight, whether dramatic or comedic or coolness, they just kind of blur together, you know? Oh yeah, exactly. Yeah, I completely agree. They save Daisy, Mario goes to save the other women, they escape on a giant pipe on a bed after being chased by Goombas. 
on another bed. Yeah. They end up all on the street where Bowser holds them at gunpoint with the de-evolution gun. They split up in the climax. Luigi and Daisy take on Lena and like she tries to fuse the dimensions and that causes her to vaporize while Bowser and Mario, or I keep saying Bowser because that's the game name, King President Koopa and Mario have their duel where Mario like throws a bob bomb at him and it doesn't happen and they keep fighting for a while and then eventually by coincidence it blows him up there is a bit where the dimensions start to merge and Mario and Koopa ended up in Brooklyn again and then they got sent back when Luigi and Daisy fixed everything ultimately Martin Luigi hit Koopa with his own de-evolution ray, and he turns into a D-Rex. Oh no, then they just shoot him again, and he's slime, and he's dead now. And immediately everything's good, because he killed the dictator. And we all know when you overthrow a dictator, automatically everything goes back to being good, and there are now elections, and there isn't any sort of civil war over the power vacuum. Nope. The Fungus King, Daisy's dad, just comes out of whatever spell he was under. Yeah, he turns back to normal as soon as Bowser dies. Okay. Yeah, yeah. And he's played by Lance Hendrickson, who is in Aliens. Let's see, played Bishop in Alien, Frank Black in Millennium, Kerchak in Tarzan. He was in Terminator. He's a pretty good actor. He was very well used in this movie. Yeah, he had two lines. No, he had one line. Mario, Luigi, and Daisy save the day, and instead of staying in Dino Hatton, where they're heroes, and they are basically best friends with royalty there, now they decide to go back to their failing plumbing business in New York. They go through the portal, cut to three weeks later, and the news report about how uh, a bunch of people from Dino Hatton are starting to come through the portal to cross into the human world, and you see Toad, the Toad Goomba there, which begs the question, they have evolution and de-evolution technology, why is Toad not being turned back to normal? Oh, I should mention, Toad, like, he helped Daisy escape. Yeah, yeah. Because Daisy escaped on her own because, uh, I don't know, either do a damsel in distress or don't. Don't try to soften it because it doesn't make you look progressive, whatever. But yeah, they just leave Toad as a Goomba, yep. I guess. Mario, Luigi, and Mario's girlfriend, they're all watching the news. And then out of nowhere, Daisy, who looks like she was just in a battle, bursts through the door saying, I need your help. Cut to the end of the movie. Wait, hold on. You're forgetting. There was a really clever line. You see, when the newscaster's talking about all the stuff that happened, he says, I think that the Mario Brothers should be called the Super Mario Bros. Yep. Clever! This movie, it is clever! Oh yeah. Also, did you see the end credits scene? Because this movie had an end credits scene in the 90s and you weren't expected to? No, I did not see it. What, what was it? Oh, you see a pair of Japanese businessmen are in New York and the camera's like on them and they say, we would like to make a video game about you too. And then it just pans and it shows that they're tied to Spike and Iggy and they're going to make Super Koopa Cousins. Okay. <sighs> okay. Wait, hold on. I just realized something. This was supposed to be like a prequel, right? Yeah. 
but they killed the main bad guy. Right, that was going to be my question. Yeah, I was going to ask you, because obviously the ending is sequel bait. What do you think they were going to do with a sequel, hypothetically? I mean, there is a sequel. Yeah? Sort of. One of the film's writers made a webcomic sequel to this. I haven't read it. I know that the bad guy is Wart, like the frog dude from Super Mario Bros. 2, except he's like a mad scientist. Okay. I don't know if it's good, but there's a sequel. Oh, okay. Because, you know, everyone was just clamoring to see how that sequel hook was picked up. Although, to be fair, this film does have a cult following. And I get it, kind of. For all of our mocking of this being a dumb, dumb, horribly written film, I don't hate it. No. I think it's a fun, dumb romp. It isn't game accurate, but it has a lot of interesting world building and set design. Like, for instance, they don't have oil because the dinosaurs didn't die off, except there would be other fossil fuels. And the dinosaurs would die off. Yeah. Like, just over time. Whatever. But they don't have oil, so all the cars, like, you'll notice... They're like bumper cars. They're attached to wires. Yeah. Like, I don't like it, but it is at least weird and creative. Oh, yeah, exactly. There's a lot of fun seeing the quirkiness and just batshit insanity that this movie is. Like Big Bertha. In the games, it's a fish. But in the movie, it's a woman and she's a bouncer that... Wants to fuck Mario. Wants to fuck Mario, exactly. Something something bore. Yeah. All they had to do was take everything that they're doing, but instead of Dino Hatton and weird, like, lizard de-evolutions and fungus, they could have just gone to the Mushroom Kingdom where, I don't know, there's just mushroom people and lizard people and the king of the lizards kidnapped the princess. It's like, that's all they had to do, but there were so many decisions they made that were just like, eh, fuck it, why not? Yeah, why not? Because you shouldn't do that. This film is too complicated for its own good. Like, all this stuff about alternate universes and evolution, it just bogs the movie down, and worse, it's really dumb! This is the worst science I have ever seen in a movie. Mm -hmm. I don't know, I get that this movie was made for kids, but at the same time, there is so much in this that would freak kids out. Like, the Goombas designs, Bowser is de-evolving people and laughing. Like, imagine you were standing right next to a guy, and then someone just came into being in front of you, shot the guy with a gun, turned him into a monkey, and started dying laughing. Also, that guy that shot him with the gun, yeah, he's surrounded by those fucking Goomba things. And then just de-evolves, leaving that guy as a chimpanzee for the rest of existence. Like, that's fucking terrifying. And I imagine kids would find that terrifying too. There's just so much in this that's like, I'm not gonna lie, much like Howard the Duck, I had a lot of fun watching it. That said, there was also a lot in this movie that just made me so uncomfortable. And it's dumb. Like, it's a lot dumber than Howard the Duck, I would argue. I actually kind of think being dumber works to its benefit. I like this more than Howard the Duck, I'm going to say. Which is the lowest, lowest possible bar. But this is weirder than Howard the Duck. Oh, yeah. Like, Howard the Duck, for all our complaints about it being dumb and weird, it's not. It's just, like, a dude in a normal world. And this, at least, it feels zany and cartoony. Yes. It doesn't really work, but at least it tries. Mm -hmm. There's a lot of novelty in watching the movie and saying, oh, that's, that's, that's how they adapted that. It's really bad, but that's how they did it. 
Also, Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper, they, I think, give pretty good performances. Dennis Hopper, he's just hamming it up. Bob Hoskins, he has really good timing, the right emotion. I think Bob Hoskins was the best part of this movie. If you're going to have a dumb, poorly written adventure movie, the best thing you can do is hire some actors who can just ham it up. Exactly. And Bob Hoskins and Dennis Hopper do that, and they're entertaining. I'll give them that. They're entertaining i don't know that pretty much sums up my thoughts on uh, on the movie you want to move into final scores if you don't have anything else got your score riley it's weird normally i'm the one who brings that up yeah but i don't know times change i guess i don't know this movie is very very bizarre very dumb very poorly written a lot of mismatched tones there was a lot of talent that went into this movie. Bob Hoskins, Dennis Hopper are two of the lead actors. John Leguizamo mostly does shitty movies, but every once in a while he'll give a good performance. Samantha Mathis was in Atlas Shrug Part 2, you know, the one where they did so bad that for the sequel they had to recast everyone. Also, she was in The Punisher and... Oh, she was in American Psycho. That's actually kind of good. Yeah, yeah. Man, I love that movie. Also, the sets are really interesting to look at. The set designer also worked on Blade Runner, believe it or not. Oh, that's a much better cyberpunk movie. Yeah. So, point is, there's a lot to enjoy about this. This is a movie with a cult following, and I definitely understand why, just based on the sheer strangeness and weirdness of it. Personally, I had a better time watching Howard the Duck, just because, I don't know, I just was in the moment watching it, thought it was a lot more entertaining. That said, this movie has much more of a rewatch factor, I would say. Like, I can enjoy this movie as a movie so bad it's good, you know? And for that reason, I'm going to give it a 4 out of 10. Yeah. Look, it's it's not a good movie. It's not well-written or intelligent, <laughs> but... Shit, it's a weird, fun movie you turn your brain off during. Yeah. I don't dislike this movie that much. It's not good, but we've seen a lot worse. Yes. I'm going to give it a 7. What else can we say? Actually, you know what? Do you think this is worse than the Sonic the Hedgehog movie? And I actually, looking at her scores, it is. My thing on Sonic the Hedgehog is that movie's just fine, you know? Honestly, it's, it's, that's a kid's movie. I think I preferred watching this one over Sonic the Hedgehog just because of the sheer bizarre nature of it and the entertainment that ensued because of it. But I would argue Sonic the Hedgehog is a better movie. So I guess Sega won after all. Until next year when Illumination, you know, the people that made The Grinch and The Lorax and Hop and Despicable Me, The Secret Life of Pets, until they make the greatest movie of all time next year, you know? It'll probably be better than this regardless. Yeah. Riley, where can they find you? You can find the show on Instagram, TikTok, right. Facebook. Right, where can they find the show? Because yeah. we have like a Twitter and Instagram yeah, yeah. shit now. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, TikTok, Twitter, and YouTube at Silver Age, Silver Screen, where we post a lot of updates to the show and a lot of more content on there. So check that out. You can find me at YouTube at Riley Thorpe, where you can check out all of my short films. And you can find me on TikTok and Instagram at Riley James Thorpe, where as of recording this, I recently surpassed 225,000 TikTok followers. So 
happy about that. You can find me on Twitter at JarmsKase, J-A-R-M-E-S-C-A-S-E-Y. You can find all my work at CaseyJarms.wordpress.com. While you're there, check out My Hero Academia, Superheroes and the Status Quo. It's a video essay I made about superheroes. It's similar in topic to the stuff we do in this show, but different in tone. It's like serious and stuff but i think it's really good also i've been adding the first couple chapters every couple weeks of the first book I ever wrote double elimination soul survivor because i'm doing a sequel to it in the fall check that out we'll be back next week assuming we don't get de-evolved into mushrooms that'd be the dream actually that's kind of fitting because next week we're doing something about like a talking well i guess fungus and plant are different kingdoms but we're doing Little Shop of Horrors, a musical. We've never done a musical before, I don't think. Yeah, this will be our first one. And you get on this movie for being scientifically inaccurate. Pfft, you don't even know the difference between a plant and a fungus. Pokemon steer me wrong. What is this? Among Us is a grass poison type bullshit. As always, I'm Casey Jarms. And I'm Riley Thorpe. And hey, it's just a movie. Don't lose your head over it. Especially not to a lot.